That is Beard, the Gay Dad Podcast with Alex Megan and Yandekil. Hello and welcome to another episode of Daddy Squared, the Gay Dads Podcast. I'm Jan. I'm Alex. You know, I've been wanting to talk about it for a long time. But uh, last week you mentioned the sound of the lightsaber. So our kids got a lightsaber. Is that a gift? What was that? I, I don't hope remember, but it, it sounds something like this. I don't know who thinks about the sounds yeah, of kids' I, toys. No, it sounds like going to the dentist and having your teeth drilled. Exactly. No, it does. There's a reason why when you get these toys, they don't have as much like rich music as you're like, why Why does it only have one sound effect that plays over and over again? It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a, a special guest here in the studio that uh, <laughs> we brought from uh, seven years ago yes. when our kids were babies. Does, this one does not have a, just one sound effect yes but it's kind of i think it became like the sound of the babyhood so alex and i got i don't even remember how they i think i bought it as part of like we wanted toys for the babies that where they can press and they're like consequences yeah because i think it, we were told well from a development specialist that you know you, you have to have toys when they press and they make a sound yeah it's like one so, of these standard child busy boxy type of things but this one had a this special one is a, mystery is jungle themed and it just could not stop to a point where alex and i okay let's let's just have him hello 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 okay listen to the music and get on your feet move like the animal stomp your feet run like a penguin stretch up tall like a giraffe dance like a monkey and laugh 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 Okay, it will not stop. And it stop just keeps now. going. It just yeah. goes. And I mean, goes. Yeah. so I think that uh, Alex and I for okay, okay, can you stop? <laughs> you see, off switch. So Alex and I used to sing that song for like I think a yep. year. It was like the the most played song in our household. Now, 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 now the problem is that if you listen to it and and, and listen to the music in the insanity that comes with early when you have like babies, there's a part of it that we didn't understand what they're saying. Dance like a monkey, and we blau, heard blau blau blau. Well, we heard blau blau blau, and it was such a. I don't know if you uh, parents who have very very small children have had this experience, where you have like a maniacal laughter, where you like fall on the floor screaming, and you realize it's not about what you're laughing about; it's because your life has been turned on its ear. When we couldn't figure out what they were singing there, we had the best time laughing about it. If our listeners know what they're saying at the end and Jan will play it again in, in edit for you so that you can hear it we'll be very impressed Daddy Squared Daddy Squared the Gay Dads podcast today we're going to talk about career versus parenting we have a panel of four working dads we pick dads in a relationship where both partners are working Yeah, and we wanted to know how they do this and I have to tell you that I keep thinking about the fact that we are okay we're parents we have our jobs we have the house we don't have any help with the house right yep. 
Uh, we have food that we discussed in, in a previous episode. I think it's kind of a, well, it's not a full-time job by itself, but the thinking about it and buying groceries and, yeah. and preparing and making, it's kind of a, you know, part-time at least. Yeah. And by the, way, by the way, two to three loads of dishes per day in the dishwasher, but go ahead. And the laundry. I know. It's like a factory and there are only four of us. We have a, a friend who has four children, you know, a, a straight married couple with four children. And I don't understand it. It's like running a hotel. I was over their house for a play date and I walked into their, I don't know, whatever it is, laundry room. And they had two large, like industrial looking washers and dryers. So four machines. And I come out and I say to her, my God, what's all that about? And she said, we run each of those two to three times a day. Oh my God. I mean, I, yeah, I don't understand. It seems like today it's like, it's been Maybe it's a much more wasteful life. I don't know how. I to, think like, we've become accustomed to just put on a new set of clothes, take a new dish, throw out the packaging for this thing and that thing. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're pretty wasteful. Um, so I'm exhausted <laughs> from all of that. And uh, I wanted to think, I mean, basically, I just wanted to feel that I'm not alone in this. So we invited uh, four other dads. So we're going to have with in the studio with us, we have Josh Levine. He has two girls and he's a writer at Hulu. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we watched that show that he wrote. Uh, it's great. Reboot. Yeah, it's really amazing. It's great. Fun. Uh, Joshua, who's uh, he has one girl and he's a nurse. We have TJ. He's an executive director of a nonprofit organization, DCRC. Um, and Lance, who is a teacher. Both of them have uh, one kid. Uh, we talk to them about how they are at work versus how they are at home, um, how their gay life has changed since becoming dads, and the million-dollar question, which is, who takes the day off when the kids are sick? <laughs> yeah. Oh. God, I have to tell you guys that like we'll be sitting here. I'm working from home, and Jan is working from home, and we'll be sitting here, and the phone will ring, and I'll look at the phone, and it has the name of my kid's school on it. And, and first of all, we're like... <gasps> Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, you answer the phone and you're just ready for it. You're ready for it. Your child has pink eye. Your child has this. No, your child we think is doing that, that. Right. And so you're just sort of like, oh, my God, what just happened to my, I don't even know what to do with my day now. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Anyway. All right. I think we should lead our way to the interview with a different type of music. What is that? Oh, my, what happened here? Okay. All right. All right. I think it's the first dad squad that we have on our show ever. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever heard the term dad squad. Oh, please. So, uh, so we have Josh Levine with us. Yes. Hi, Josh. Hello. We have Joshua, not to be confused. Hello. Uh, we have TJ. Hi, how are you doing? And Lance. Hi there. And we're here to discuss... Uh, b- career versus parenting. So we're going to jump right into our conversation. So yeah, we want to jump right in to the way career versus parenting works with very specific examples of a, a period or an event where your career took a hit because of your parenting. Well, I mean, I, I can start as a teacher. Um, Ava's a preschooler. And when we started back in the pandemic or when we went I had to teach from home. She had to be with me, and it was, like, constant. And I'm online with kids trying to answer questions, and she's like, want Daddy, want, let's play, let's play. Uh, and then once we went back in person, she had to um, be home 
and I was the one that had to stay home with her. So then I had to miss school oh. you know, three, four or five days at a time because she was had, had a runny nose. They couldn't be on campus with a runny nose. So I was the one that, that had to stay home. My husband's a surgeon, so his, he's a little more like it's a little more important for him to be there with his patient. So I, I'm the one that has to stay home with her. So that's hard for for us and like my students to be away from them. And um, but clearly my life as a dad comes first. When the kids are sick, it kind of breaks us off of their routine. And that's a really good topic for, for discussion. And I want to hear all of you, like what happens if suddenly, you know, you wake up in the morning, the kid is sick, who's going to take care of him? And both, both you and your partners work. So is it like a competition on who's going to now stay with the kid? Or is it like a known thing that one of you is? Joshua. Um, I think my partner for us, Omar, is very protective he's like the helicopter dad for sure but when it comes to sick he'll be like uh look at the kid and see what's because you're a nurse because i'm a nurse mm-hmm. practitioner yeah. so he'll be like assess them he'll call me and be like oh so and so fell can you look at this i'm like what, what, what do you want me to do i'm at work right now do you want me to come home like do you want me to come home just do you sit? offer a telemedicine appointment for I get him all the time all the, he has like he'll strip the kid down and be like look abdomen pain is it bloating i'm like okay do this reenact this and so he's kind of funny. when it comes to taking care of the children or they're sick or ill i will definitely be the one to step in full time and put my work aside and be home so that um like I can take care of the child, like, and he'll feel more comfortable that I'm doing that. When I have to tell him, like, okay, get the child, get him on the, like, weigh him. And then he's like, (laughs) but on the box of Tylenol, it says only give 5 ml. I'm like, (laughs) give him 7. He's like, are you sure? (laughs) Uh, TJ, for you, you, none of of you are are a nurse, so uh, what happens then in that Um, case? I mean, for us, uh, I, I think I saw the biggest differences probably... Uh, in my previous job when I had a boss, right? So now I'm the boss, so it's a little different. Um, So I can flex my schedule and family comes first and I'm able to do that. But um, in my previous job, uh, it was really hard, especially initially. uh, I worked in a very heteronormative environment, um, only gay person for, 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 all of my associations and um and when even i said we were having a child that was like an issue for my boss and, and for my coworkers. um and uh whenever i asked for time off or anything like that including family leave it was a big deal so is that let me ask you do you think that that's a presumption on their part that well, yeah, but there's a mom. So in yeah. the balance between the dad and the mom, you can rely on the mom being there to take care of the kids. Is that what you think that it was about? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had my boss uh, all the time ask, uh, well, why can't your husband or your partner? He, <laughs> he would say my partner, too. He's like, uh, why can't your partner do it? And I'm like, my husband. I ask myself <laughs> that question all the time, <laughs> by know, the way. But- I know. I said, do you want to give him a call? You know, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Josh, I would say when, uh, you know, our girls are so little that they kind of were not even preschool age when the pandemic happened. So, so we spent a lot of time together and both me and my husband, Ryan are in a way, essentially freelance artists. I'm a writer, he's an actor. And so our schedules have allowed for flexibility Uh, when the kids, of course, did go back to preschool and did start getting sick constantly. And so we were able to juggle who is the one taking care of whoever is sick. Um, 
but he is still the one <laughs> that they wake up in the middle of the night because he's closest to the side of the bed that they come to. <laughs> so he's the one who gets up most of the time when they are sick to, to take care of them. That's actually suddenly interesting to me. So, But to some extent, it also might be about the way the kids respond mm -hmm. to which parent they expect to take care of them. Is that something that influences you in your decision about who's going to step in and take take uh, take care of the kid? Or is that, you know, non-negotiable? For us, um, Omar, I so I work overnight shift, a lot of late evening shifts, and I'm on call, like, a lot. And so during the pandemic, because I cover infectious disease, obviously, I'm doing 100 hours a week. So... A lot of times when I come home, I'm super exhausted and I'm just like, I don't even make it to the bedroom sometimes, but Omar will be the one who's home physically. So the kids go to him a lot. Joshua is the only one here who works uh, in shifts, right? You work regular hours, you DJ? Mostly yeah. regular hours. And you essentially regular hours, yeah. Okay. So, so the experience is different for, for example, for a teacher mm -hmm. dance? Yeah. Our daughter clearly is with me a lot more than my husband because of his hours as a surgeon and um, he's at the hospital. He works uh, one day a week in Orange County, so he's it's an extended day for him. Um, so she will come a lot to me, which I know, like for him, like we kind of understood that si since she would spend so much time with me, that she would have that attachment. Um, but a lot of times when things come up with her health, I'll be like, "Well, let's just ask your dad when he gets home. We'll make sure that he knows, or I'll text him." And um, so she she'll go to him for things like that, and the the doctor will help fix her. <laughs> so here's another thing and a little bit diving into the relationships uh, of all of you uh, just a little bit. Do you calculate times that you have to take off work with your partner? Uh, like, I think like, I think another way to put it is, are you guys measuring and comparing between you? I know we do. We do it all the time <laughs> yeah. where it's like, I just took off so much time from work uh, and now, you know, you don't take anywhere near as much off so... I do that probably about vacation time more than anything. <laughs> right. Else. So, like, um, because, you know, for me, I always grew up uh, with my family was vacation was a very purposeful family mm. time, right? Um, my husband didn't have that orientation as much. And so, you know, he thinks like vacation is like time to get away from everything and right. no worries in the world. And I'm like, no, it's actually like a work. Um, so <laughs> when I take off vacation, um, you know, and, and when my daughter has time off school, I'm like, hey, like, let's, you know, let's do a family vacation time. Like, that's a natural time. And his schedule can be a little bit less flexible than mine. Um, but I will totally resent him for it. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, wait, like, I'm taking off, you know, two weeks vacation to be with her 24 hours and we want to go somewhere. And, you know, you're not willing to take three days, you know, so and yeah. that and that time, you know, I, I get competitive about it, but other times not so much. You know, resentment is one of the foundational elements of any loving relationship. <laughs> so, Joshua, I, I don't think I get that. I, I, um, I when <laughs> I took care of the babies when they were baby, baby, babies all the time so i let him sleep he never had to wake oh, up in yeah. the middle of the night time because i'm so used to being up at night i will say that i happen to be the very heavy sleeper of the two of us and so the other day ryan said did you hear helena come in she was screaming at at like 12 30 and i said no <laughs> i didn't i didn't even hear her come in that's just how heavy of a sleeper i am and he's a very light sleeper and I do understand why that's upsetting to him, but he doesn't hold it against me. And I've said many times, please just wake me up. Please just wake me up. If you need help, 
But you so, have to wake me up or I won't, I won't know. Alex is, was like that until, I want to say, what, a month ago? Something like that. Well, our, our kids are almost seven. Alex was the heavy sleeper. Mm-hmm. And one day I woke up and I'm like, okay, so new, you have to experience this because we have two of them uh, waking up in the middle of the night almost every night. Mm. And now he's uh, taking care of them and he experienced the joy of, you know. <laughs> and if I may, also through my superior strategizing and planning, they're sleeping through the night now. I'm just going to say that and then we can move on to another subject. <laughs> are they really? I'm not so sure. Um, so are you different people in your career versus at home? Um, Joshua? Uh, yeah. Oh, you're going to so? have to give us more than oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of bossier at work. Not boss, like like in a negative way, but I'm very take charge. I'm very aggressive. I'm very kind of like, this is how it goes, calling the shots. I mean, from a nurse to a nurse practitioner, you have to kind of be that way. Right. Um, and then seeing lots of patients who need lots of information, you know, yes. When it and um, when it comes to Omar, he is definitely your typical Hispanic, very cultured, and he likes to be the boss. So he gets to be the boss when I come home, and so it's kind of whatever he says goes. If he's like, "You're fucking staying home today," I'm like, I guess you today. <laughs> <laughs> "Yes, dear." TJ, <laughs> how about you? Um, yeah, I don't know. I I'm probably similar as I am at home, and I'm I'm naturally uh, a leader and a, I'm the boss at work so I'm kind of the boss at home too in terms of planning and must be nice organizing. <laughs> um, I mean but but I mean at that being said I, I mean I think that Jay and I have uh, always developed from really early in our relationship a very like collaborative sort of <laughs> approach to everything so it's like we talk about everything now like he can give his opinion, but like ultimately <laughs> it's probably going to come out to like what I want, but like, but we still have the conversation. Do you guys think that anything has changed in the way you work or your personality at work or your approach to things right. as a result of the years that you've had with kids? Oh, I can speak on that because as a, as a teacher, before I had kids, I was working until 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night sometimes. I would go to a coffee house and grade, spending money to, on coffee and food and stuff mm-hmm. and grade. But once, I had, once we had a kid, I just set a boundary. I said, I'm not working at home. Right. I would bust my butt to get everything done I could at, home, at school. I would get planning, grading. And if it didn't get done, I would just stop. I just had to establish that boundary for me and for my mental sanity at home. Because I, I wanted to spend that time with her and not take that away when we got home. Right. Is it working? Oh yes, absolutely. I'm happier from amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and do you do you feel like um, the school? How shall I put this? So where I have, many places where I've worked, there's been so much discussion about the importance of work life balance. Work life balance. Mm-hmm. Until they need you at nine o'clock yeah. at night, and then suddenly work life balance goes in the toilet, right? I actually just had a discussion with my boss like last month, one of my bosses last Monday, and I was like, I'm not working this ridiculous schedule. Every time I try talking to you and like scaling back, like, she's, I'll pay you more money. I'm like, I don't want, I can fucking want more money. <laughs> right. Like, I need time because, um, I felt like my mental health was significantly suffering, mm. especially like I am a workaholic. I would work 
day in, day out, long hours. I'm always working. I'm on call 24-7 for the group, so it really sucks. Um, but last Monday, I was like, I'm not physically going to have to show up to any of these hospitals. You need to, like, pick have somebody else do it, which was, like, big for me because I felt like, oh, my God, am I not going to be able to provide? Am I not going to be able to do this? But it was a good decision for me because I was able to do things that I once felt like I, like was doing before when he said he was workaholic both tj and josh uh nodded oh yeah do you and uh relate yeah i mean i work 24 7 like has he changed um you know what the one thing that's changed i think for me is understanding where i need to prioritize um you know, like if there's an emergency, then I drop everything, you know, like easily done, you know, <laughs> drop easy, everything. Yeah. Easily done. Um, I, and I will say that one of the things that's made me a better boss, honestly, um, I am much more empathetic to family needs. So, you know, I have, um, uh, employees that come to me all the time and they say, you know, there's something happened at school. I'm like, go, go, right. go, go, yeah. uh, have a nice night. Like, see you later. Like, you know, um, I don't think I would have been that way before necessarily before I had a family. Um, so it's made me much more sympathetic and probably a better boss. Josh, how has it changed your work or your approach to work? I would say that um, for me, it became really important that I do find a balance between getting my work done, which is writing, and especially when I do work from home, is finding a balance between being with the girls and with Ryan and also still getting my work done. Because if they're around, I would much rather be with my family is how I feel. And so especially during the pandemic, I was I, I was very lucky enough to be working on on writing a feature, which was my first one. And we really had to schedule that time so that one so that Ryan had breaks, but so that I knew I could get my work done. Uh, because I do tend to start to get very anxious and my anxiety goes up if I'm not getting work done. And so we set for a good many, many months of the pandemic, if not a year, a very set schedule of like, we had breakfast together. And then from nine to 12, I wrote, and then we had lunch together. And then we all took a walk in the neighborhood together. And then they napped. And so Ryan got a break as well. And then we, I did more work. And then we were all together for dinner and whatnot. And so having that kind of set schedule both helped me get my work done, but also feel like I was around with the girls. Um, and also that Ryan got a break. Um, but even specifically the kinds of stories I want to tell or the kind of shows I want to work on, um, you know, like just like the, the main kind of one that, that happened, my first, you know, real writing job was on Pen15 and it felt great because it was a show that I loved that I also knew my girls could watch and be proud of. Um, that I worked on a show like that. And even that feature that I was writing, I was writing it about um, a, a basically like a band of pirates um, who, who end up finding this young girl on a deserted island. And, and I was like, yes, this is a story I want to write. It's about chosen family. It's about, you know, uh, these guys bringing up this little girl and falling in love with her. And those kinds of things have become much more important you know, what are the stories I'm telling that hopefully my girls will be proud of that I worked on. So you can identify much more with the story that you're involved with than you could, that you could before. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, and also the pirate part, I imagine too, is <laughs> yes. very close to your heart. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your gay friends, all of you. Uh, so since you have, you became dads and you have careers, do you have time for them? Has it changed? And if, 
something has changed, what? My friends, yes, I've gotten shit for that. Um, so I was. Yes, before, I want to hear that. There are some of my friends that I didn't even talk to because they felt they were not supportive of the fact that I do have kids and that mm-hmm. I can't just like drop everything and go. Um, and it kind of sucks sometimes, but not really because I'm like, I love my little babies, you know, and mm-hmm. I love being so a dad. Do you find new friends? Do you try to work harder on this relationship? What do you do with in that scenario? I don't think I put enough time or effort into developing the friendship if they don't understand and that might kind of sound weird but if my friends everybody are agrees yeah. so yeah. no it sucks <laughs> like i love my friends so dear like we had great relationships and i have great conversations and i just hope that they can just understand sometimes you know you, you, i know that you're not a parent it's a very different role that you have to step into and my family will always come first you know so i, I I'm sorry, I, I could, yeah, yeah, they just Dance. have to understand. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I'm, I'm to the point in my life, and my best friend in college came out to visit a couple of months ago, and we spent some time together, and I'm to the point in my life where I don't need a lot of friends in my life. I need the few people that I value and that want to spend time with us and want to spend time with our family. And a lot of times our gay friends don't understand that, and um, maybe, I, yes, distance is created, um, but I... I I don't want to say it's bad. I mean, I think it's for the better. Like, I don't, um, I, I would never change anything that we have now for, for anything. I mean, I, I lost a lot of friends. I don't know if anyone else did. But yes. I, oh, I, I second okay. that. Okay, yeah. like, I lost, like, a ton of friends. Uh, you know, when we had our daughter, it was like, everyone thought it was, like, cute, the first. People were like, you're not the same. You don't, you can't just fucking come to Palm Springs for the weekend. Oh, yeah, and or like, hey, let's go out to the bar. And you're, like, yeah. you're like, um, I'm feeding the baby tonight. I'm breastfeeding yeah. tonight. Yeah. yeah, like, that's what I'm doing. Um, but no, but seriously, I mean, I just, we lost so many friends, and it was, it was heartbreaking. That was, like, the worst part of that it, it sucks because you really lose some really good friends. yeah some really good friends yeah and that first year was like i remember that first year like being so excited to be a new dad but then also like grieving about my like lost gay life like i was like i was like oh no I was, does anyone want to be friends with us anymore <laughs> yeah. i never get invited to anything whereas never. before i would be like oh my god bitch you're the fun one you yeah. like to do this you yeah. like to do that and i'm like yeah I don't, not anymore <laughs> i guess it's changed apparently well look i mean you know i i have this reflection back to uh, before I had kids and um, I was never particularly kid oriented. It is actually relatively easy for me to understand why some of my gay friends are like, look, I love you, but I don't want to go on a play date with you because who the hell or wants to I don't want to do go that? to the park. Or yeah. come to the wedding, but you can't bring kids. Or yeah. come to the event, yeah. but you oh. can't bring kids. Oh, yeah. oh so then well, I guess I'm staying Sorry. home, right? <laughs> so I'm Thanks not for the fucking invitation, <laughs> yeah. but so, not really. So how's your gay life look like right now? <laughs> oh, I mean, I have, I have, I, I mean, like, I'm still super social. I, I, Can yeah. you go into spe- very, very vivid spe- specifics <laughs> about your gay life? I think that's what no. I'm saying friends wise. Oh, I mean, like, <laughs> my friends that are like have been supportive. There are there, and it might have been significantly um, a smaller portion, but no, I mean, like, it's the same. Like, I, I, I still play soccer. I still get that downtime, and then if it comes to traveling, like, I invite my family. Number one, I'm like. Hey, do you want to go? We're also going to like do Nickelodeon or do this or do that. And then I don't like, if I have enough energy, I'll be able to go to a gay bar and fucking have a couple <laughs> of drinks. But if not, then I guess I stay home and Josh, how about you? I mean, it's funny because I feel like our community of friends has always, even when we were in New York as well, has always um, centered around just 
artists or mainly performers or writers. And so that's always been a mix of people, um, both gay and straight. And it's the same out here. So, and I feel like for both me and Ryan, like uh, we've always been more at home than we were going out. And so we've talked about this before that not so much changed when we did have Were kids. you already homebodies? We were. Okay, so yeah. So like that kind of social aspect, you know, when we moved here, uh, whatever it was, eight years ago, to kind of pursue our careers, to be able to help us in our adoption process, that was such the focus that we have gay friends, and but everyone was kind of aware of what we were doing and, uh, and like my partner works out at uh, Disney on occasion. And so there's a lot of gay people who work out at Disney. No, you don't say. You don't say. <laughs> and they were all like very excited and very supportive. But again, it's like within that context of entertainment. Um, yeah. And so we never had like a specifically, uh, for lack of a better word, like gay social life. Do you guys uh, feel that you connect more now to parents regardless or gay people yeah definitely parents i mean i we always had a a, a healthy mix <laughs> healthy mix of straight friends um but uh it, you know it was, it was interesting for us um just where we were with our ages and stuff we ended up getting married before a lot of our straight friends and then also having children before uh before our straight friends and so it they were looking to us a lot of those times to like hey that's how you do family life and <laughs> and those people those friends have become really close really dear friends like you know we like we'll go and do barbecues and go you know swim in each other's pools and those kind of and like and get together as families um now we would do that if we had more gay families. Um, we don't. Just where we are, and like even in our school, I think we're yeah. one of two. It's gay definitely families. harder on the west side. Yeah, so like there's yeah not very many of us. There's not very many of us. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like like we took our daughter to Venice Pride this year. You know, because um, Pride season for our daughter who is nine is a really big deal yeah. because she's like, what am I wearing what, when we go to this party? And then when we see the drag queens, I'm wearing this. I'm like, okay, girl. What does she share? I, does she, How many changes is she? Is oh she my God, she's got wigs. She's got like, she's got the whole Love thing. It. Yeah. So she, my daughter hasn't figured that out yet. Thank yeah. God. Cause well, it cost said, me a fortune. Just wait. Oh, just wait. wait, wait, wait a minute. She yeah, can just like wear yours. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah. Just wait. Um, it's not going to fit her. For our non, for our non Los Angeles uh, listeners, when they say the West, side here they mean this beautiful area that is utterly devoid of anyone who isn't white and straight basically but it's beautiful it is beautiful um, a white straight or share those are your options um i want to ask two sort of back-to-back -back questions uh for you guys um i'm interested in ways that your career has actually helped your parenting and or Ways that parenting has actually helped your career. We got a little bit of that from Josh before, but Lance. I mean, you have to have patience. I mean, I teach seniors, so I was telling the guys earlier, it's kind of like teaching kindergarten sometimes where they need a lot of direction. You have to be very patient. There's They get distracted a lot on the devices and things, so... Um, Wait, what kind of seniors are we talking about? Senior people like old, like me, or seniors no, like college, high, school high school seniors? High school seniors. Sorry, please yes. continue. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so definitely learning patience because with a toddler, patience is everything. And, and especially like the approach of gentle parenting, 
Like I, w- I was telling a friend uh, recently that there's a fine line between like gentle parenting and rage parenting where you just want to like go off, but <laughs> you have to restrain yourself. But I think t- teaching is kind of the same way. Like I've established this is my 19th year teaching, so um, I need to retire soon. <laughs> um, but there's so much I've learned in the classroom and how to manage students that I, I think I apply to how we parent. Ava. I, I'll say that the sort of opposite thing, I think having a family for be, both me and Jay um, really changed where we, our focus on our careers. Mm-hmm. So like that after we had Chloe, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. What I was doing. And I'm like, I want to be my own boss. Like I want to run my own nonprofit. Like I want to do this. And, and, you know, I made a huge career change, like, like big, big, big career change just a couple of years after she was born. And it was out of that impetus because I was like, you know, I, I want to define a different path for my career. My husband did the same thing. I mean, he was, um, you know, a, a full-time production designer on the Ellen DeGeneres show for several, several seasons, won multiple Emmy Is he awards. okay now? <laughs> yes. Right? He's, he's okay. But, uh, but, you know, multiple Emmys, worked all the time. And then we had Chloe and he was like, I don't want to do this every, I don't want to have to get up every morning, go to the studio and be working on these designs and doing a set design for Shakira. Like, you know, like that's not what I want to be doing right now. He's like, I want to do more, you know, broadly other stuff and have a more flexible schedule. And, you know, now he's working with the NFL and on, you know, uh, that's a change. Ninja, it's just yeah. like Shakira. Yeah, Ninja Warrior. I mean, like he does. So he does all these other things now that, like, I think before he never would have thought about. The last question is going to be a very broad one. Um, so I want you to kind of. Uh, it's about expectations and what do you think people expect from you and what you expect from yourself. I think the question is: Is it possible to be a one hundred percent parent and one hundred percent? you know, employee or, or work. Do you know I'm saying when you're a parent, 100% parent, that's very hard, but I, yeah, yes, you can do it. I, I feel like when I, this sounds weird, but when I'm home, I might not be home for like eight hours. Maybe like Omar is, you know, so I, I feel like I'm home for two hours. I have to make this two hours count extremely. So I'm like, let's go to dinner and let's do this. And I impact a lot of that time with it. And so that our children know like more of who I am so they can see more of who I am because I'm at work. Like a lot of times it's, it's difficult, but I think it, you can do it. Like when I'm at home, um, I try not to just spend it sleeping and or resting. Like I want to make it impactful for my children. I want to do things with my children so that they know like daddy is very energetic. Daddy is very this way, this way, this way. And like, so I try to do that. It is difficult, but I think it can be done. Josh. I would say that um, when I have a job where I go to an office and I'm working and and if then I'm on set or something, it's it's easier to then be 100% at work. And then when I'm home, because I'm away so much, I feel very much like no work, the weekends are the weekends, or when I'm home with the girls, let's do stuff, let's be there. But it is challenging when I'm working from home to do that, uh, because I might be working, they come home from school, I want to see them, and then I go out and I'm playing with them, and then I get an email, and I have to stop playing with them, and feel like I have to respond to the email. So at least in my experience with Is that only because you look just... Is that only because you look at the email, like you're looking at your phone? Like if, yes. you, if, if you're at home and you're supposed to be spending quality time with your family, why are you looking at your phone? Yes, friends too. I mean. No, I, I know, but like. It's because what I don't 
what I need to do and what like we've talked about is like I might need to when I'm not going to an office and we're not still establish those like office hours because yep. they may come home at 3.30 and I technically should still be writing or working, but I don't want to because they've mm-hmm. just come home. And so I go out and I play with them because I want to see yeah. them because they've come home and they come into the office and I want to spend some time with them. And then I'm going, oh, wait, I really should be continuing to work on the thing I was writing before they got home or those emails come in from people. And I feel like, oh, wait, I should go back. But that's what's that's at least the challenge of working from home for me currently is that it's hard to do that balance. It's hard to say, no, 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 I have to stay in here. I'll come out when I'm done working because they want to see me and I want to see them. I think for you, Josh, the challenge is a little bit more because uh, you're creative. And what if you're at the park and suddenly you have an idea? Yes. I mean, I relate to that. Uh, would that you could. say, oh, no, this is not working hours. I'm like, you're at least going to write this idea on your phone. So it's that like very fluid. Yes. So it does have to tend to be more fluid, especially like if there is something that's happening. But that is why I keep my phone on myself and I take a note and I put it away. Uh, it's more like the, the daytime, the Monday through Friday, that is a bit of a harder juggle, you know, to, to make, you know, to... Yeah, to just say, I can't play with you now. I don't want to say that when they come home. But there are things that I should be doing. So it can be a bit more of a... And then usually like at five o'clock, it's like, okay, no more work. You know, yeah. let's just play before dinner. Sometimes I get, I get stuck like at home, like I have my computer out and I'll dictate charts. And so I'll just grab the, the, the power mic and be like, hey, da, 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 patient was seen in that. Yeah, da, 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 da. And I'll be like, what are you doing? Do you want to watch Pinocchio? Like last <laughs> night we're watching Pinocchio and here I am, a 37 year old with testicular <laughs> swelling. Daddy, what's that? I'm like, just let's watch Pinocchio. Yeah. Testicular swelling is what happened when adult males lie. It's just, just like Pinocchio, just except like Pinocchio. it's the testicles. Last night, the exact same thing happened. Trevor and Ava were sitting on the couch, and he was dictating, and she kept saying, what do you, What did you say, Dada? What do you say, Dada? Are you talking to me? Dada. <laughs> what, what is that? They yeah. want to know. Like, Even yeah. if, if my daughter picks up my cell phone, she'll be like, uh, heart, lungs are normal, breast sounds <laughs> are this. And I'm like, no, that's, that's, that's not what you do with I, that. I, I want to just say one thing about that that I feel very passionately about, which is there, there does seem to be this perspective that time with your children needs to be about your children. Well, that is often true, but I also believe that your children, my children, benefit tremendously from seeing me work. Mm -hmm. It makes me a more whole person in their eyes and someone who they can look at and say, wow, he's something. He's not just dad, Mm -hmm. he's something. And I think that that's okay in a balance. Well, I have to disconnect uh, from that because her and I have spent every day since she's born under the same roof. So there are times when I have to go to work and we, I drop her off at preschool and she starts crying. I'm like, honey, I got to go, go to work. I'm sorry. You're going to keep crying to look at teacher Melinda. She takes her back and we go. And I, I, ha- like, yeah. I need that disconnect. Yeah. And when I get to work, I'm 100% Mr. Yes. Radford. Like, that's, that's me. Yep. So I welcome that. Mm-hmm. I welcome that time. Yeah, uh, TJ, do you do your kids uh, see your work? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think um, our careers have always been a part of our family life, and I mean, I think I agree with you. I think that um, my uh, daughter t- tremendously benefits from seeing us both work and have meaningful careers and things that mean uh, mean a lot to us. Different, you know, and they're mm-hmm. different, and why those things mean a lot to us. Um, I will say that, you know, I think my personality, I'm the classic, like, gay overachiever. So, like, you know. You're not the only one. I know, no, I know I'm not. But I'm saying is, like, like I, I do think you can be 100% all the time. And, you know, people say that's delusional. But 
you know, at work, my, you know, my board and, and folks I work with all the time are like, when do you sleep? You know, because <laughs> never, I'm like, never, I'm a vampire. <laughs> um, but it's, but, uh, you know, I, I, um, I, you know, I have an immaculate home. Uh, I, I do dinner parties. We have like, you know, there's uh, like, we're always active. We like have a active social life. I'm at work all the time. I'm doing the work. I'm multitasking. Um, and you know, it's, I'm like Mary Poppins. <laughs> have you ever considered joining another couple into a quadruple? My husband and I have a house that needs some cleaning and some entertaining that I, needs to be I, done. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think it's attainable. It's doable. It's difficult. It's you difficult. Have, it's, yeah. di- it's difficult because I think I'm really good at work, and then I'm really good at home. I wish sometimes I had a little bit more time at home, but as long as my kids see that I work hard and that I love what I do and that I'm super passionate else I would not have spent that many hours there I think that's important I think nowadays kids need to know that actually do something that you love do something that you don't feel like you're working it's so important because even though you might be there it's your second life essentially it's important for your kids to gain morals and like my my kids know like I love to take care of people that's what I'm good at Mm -hmm. and they can see that and they know like my daddy liked to help people that's that's important to me. I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and my kids are kind and compassionate to other people, and that's all that I want them to, to, to be in this world. At the height of the pandemic, we were all working from Zoom, and I was on a very big boy. I was wearing a fucking face mask and a bodysuit. <laughs> an I thought that was just a into, Saturday night for you. Those are 100 patients of COVID uh, patients I had to see. When I say we were all, I mean... <laughs> Okay. Um, so we're sitting there. I'm sitting there on a Zoom, and it's a very important. It's with, like, the heads of the studio and all this kind of stuff. And Ben, my son, walks in, and he just sticks his head in front of the camera. And, of course, you know, they're all going to wave and be nice because they're nice. And he interrupts, and he says, Look, what is Madonna's middle name? <laughs> and so I just froze because... You didn't know it. I didn't know. And what was great is that everyone, I think everyone on the call was straight, yes, and they were all utterly ashamed. Wait, who knows? Well, wait, wait, I'm going to get to that. I'm getting to that. Wait, wait. So they were all looking at me like you are an embarrassment to your homosexuality because I just was frozen. I didn't know the answer to the question. So my, my final question of this interview is, what is Madonna's middle name? My second question is, who cares? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Anybody? Generational queens. Yeah. Wow, Don't nobody know. knows. Okay, the listeners are going to have to look it up. Okay, uh, you're not going to answer. answer. Is it Mariah? <laughs> oh! <laughs> guys, thank you so much for being with us. It thank was you. really great. Thank great you. conversation. Thank you. Thank, you thank you so much. Thank you. Daddy Square, the Gay Dads podcast. We're coming back with an interview with the Gay Dads. Um, it's the first coalition that we had since the pandemic. Oh, a coalition. I know, was right? it? So it's a room full of gay uh, men, and nobody knows what's Madonna's middle name. I mean, not good it's casting sh- right it's there. Shameful. It's shameful, and I'm one of the people who doesn't know. But look, well, I mean, Madonna has not made it her business to communicate that information. Well, so. she doesn't have to. She's Madonna. 
She doesn't have to do anything. You have to look it up. This is your job <laughs> as a gay man. Okay, the, the answer is Louise. Yes. And I didn't look it up. I just knew it. Yes. Um, and, and her last name is point, Ciccone. 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 Sorry, madame. Um, and, uh, yes. And, uh, and on the same note, I want to just drill in that Kylie's middle name is Anne. I don't know. Just so I you don't know. Kylie Minogue. It's Kylie Anne Minogue, okay. just so you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I wish... I was listening to them and um, I kept thinking something that I usually think that like I wish one of us was a doctor or a nurse because it was so I know oh, we had somebody in the family I mean it's so easy to just say hey Alex I know you know or call you at work and I'm like he has pink eye they think it's a pink eye what can we do yeah. what can we listen like, my, my be I will be very secure. Listen, my father uh, was a doctor and a pediatrician, and his, his answer to everything was, don't worry about it, it's fine. So, you know, uh, I need, we I can need just a doctor that. or a nurse to be our friend and to say, don't worry, it's going to be fine. Also, if there's any volunteer, I mean, granted, they have to look at the pictures first or whatever it is. Uh, one other thing that I thought about after this interview, how are we at work versus with the kids? So I'm like... <laughs> Yes. I remember that uh, you once told me back in the days when I was a publicist in Israel yeah. that uh, I was so different at work than I was at home. Yes. Like I, at work, I was like this cold bitch. And at well, home, that's I was not like, an that's not an area that's not an area of so much difference. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, here's what I would say. Uh, you were authoritative at work. Um, and not at home. But here's what changed. What changed was we had kids. And when we had kids, you started to become authoritative at home as well. That's true. So I actually think that your work as a person who needed to manage people and things in a uh, forceful way actually helped you when it came to the kids. When I look at myself, I think that what TJ said, that um, since the, from the moment that he had kids, something in, a, in the making people more human around him at yeah. work changed. And it's so true to me too. Since I had kids, I started seeing other people's problem. I have more empathy yeah. for other people at work who I don't really know. Or, um, and I didn't have that. All I wanted yeah. to do is that get the work done. And now it's completely different. Look, also, and we've talked about this, I think, before on the podcast, it's a club. It's the world's largest club. And one of the things that I noticed was the moment I announced that we were pregnant at work, let alone when we had kids, a whole bunch of other uh, you know, senior people in the company started to treat me differently overnight, overnight, because one day I was the gay guy, and uh, not that they treated me badly for that, but the next day I was a, a, a soon-to-be dad and then a dad, and that's something that immediately caused them to uh, sort of know me and uh, treat me with a lot more um, respect and flexibility. You know, there was this, during those first few months after the kids were born, every time anyone in the company would see me, they'd be like, do you need to sit down? Can I get you a cup of coffee? And these were like people who were much more senior than me in the yeah. company. It's a club. I think that dads, gay or not, dads get treated differently at work in this club than moms do. Because a mom is expected to be able to just do it. 
I don't know. She's a mom. She's expected to be able I, to do it. Whereas a dad, they look at you and they say, oh my God, how amazing and how difficult. And you know, this is, you're, you're the working man. So we, we have to sort of, you know, make room for you. Really? And you I think don't so? think that they think do that, that uh, for women. I think that you had a um, special experience because you're gay. So that's true. Like a um, place where you worked, it's like, I think it it's still considered it something that is rare and exciting. Yeah, yeah that's you know, true. It's not that's true. I was exotic. <laughs> Very exotic. <laughs> um, so uh, one thing that uh, we should mention, as we do mention quite often, uh, about how we're trying to build and maintain our social life since we, um, since we had kids. And yes, it's not been easy. I'm in group therapy for that. Still haven't solved it. I don't know, maybe a future episode. This is... Men Having Babies Corner. Um, Men Having Babies Corner. Which one are we doing this week? So this week we're going to talk uh, about relationship with the surrogate. So Lisa um, from Men Having Babies is going to tell us about this. So let's hear from her. All right. The relationship in a surrogacy journey between the intended parents and the surrogate is such a unique and wonderful relationship that grows throughout the process. As a former gestational carrier myself, I've seen firsthand how that relationship can go organically. It's important to keep a few things in mind, and that is your surrogate is a person and a partner with you throughout the process. They're not a service provider that you're contracting for this journey. She's a person um, that really is coming into this process with that desire to help you grow your family, um, and your relationship should reflect that. Uh, it's also important to keep in mind, she's not going through this by herself. She has a, a family that's going through it with her and a whole support network. And so really reflecting on that and taking a look at not just her as an individual, but her whole family um, and working towards creating a relationship with her and her family is such an important part and can be such a beautiful outcome of a surrogacy journey, not just the birth of your child. It's also important to Keep it in mind after birth as well. You kind of go through this whole process. Your relationship is building. You go from, in many cases, strangers um, to this really intimate relationship very quickly um, and going through the pregnancy process. And a lot of times your communication will really grow and peak during the pregnancy. And it's important to not let that quickly fall off after birth. I know you're overwhelmed with sleepless nights and dirty diapers, um, but your surrogate on the other side um, is going from potentially multiple communications every day or every week. And radio silence is never a great thing to go through right after birth. So keep her in the loop, send those pictures, and really let that relationship find its own natural rhythm and pace after the birth of your child as well. For more information, go to menhavingbabies.org. Thank you, Men Having Babies. And they have a conference in San Francisco coming up that I'm going to on March 17th to 19th. It's a weekend. Um, so bye, Alex. I'm going away. For yeah, I know. I want to mention something about um, relationships with uh, surrogates. I found this to be one of the most interesting relationships I've ever experienced. And here's why. I mean, when can you think of something that you have done that is this intimate with somebody and then the relationship, it's not that our relationship with our surrogate is over. We we still stay in contact with her and she's wonderful, but you know, you expect after something that intimate that it's going to continue. And then it's well, done. Some of them do, though. Well, I mean, I mean, it really I mean the intimate part is over. She yeah. she gave birth to your children. And then you're like, you know, that was really great. And we love you. And we're going to text you and stay in contact with you. But, but that's it. And it's just weird. 
Yes, I don't know. Daddy, that's QR.com. I had such a wonderful, just wonderful experience in West Hollywood with uh, my one of my sons. We went to a supermarket. Whole Foods. We don't generally go to Whole Foods because yeah, we're not. What you we're not, you know, Rothschilds or or You're whatever. Not Drew Barrymore. Um, so, but in any case, we were there and we're standing at the checkout, and there is this black lady behind the counter, checkout lady. She's very tall. I mean, very tall. And my kid says to her, "You're so tall for a lady." Right now, ooh. and then no, not ooh. That's the whole thing, not ooh. So she kind of leans down and she says to him, "Well, that's because I used to be a boy and a very tall one, and now I'm a girl." And so my kid just said, "Oh, okay, I get it," and that was it. And we, you know, we we walked out, and that was it. Right. And here's why this was so special to me. Obviously, it was special because, um, you know, how nice that this can be something that is casually talked about, like it's, you know, no big deal. But in a funny kind of way, I am so thankful to this trans woman because of the way she talked about totally. it. Totally. I want to hug her. She, Where is she? She did not make some complicated statement like, well, I've always been a woman, but I, you know, like the, a thing that a seven-year-old couldn't possibly understand. She said it in a way that I'm sure a lot of LGBTQ people would find not correct, but she said it in a way that a seven-year-old can understand, which is, I used to be a boy and now I'm a girl, right? And that was a better effect. That had the effect of making it simple for my child to understand. And he walked away as if, yeah, okay, this is something that just happened. And uh, I guess this is my way of saying, and I, I can only speak for gay men here, I'm not going to try to LGBTQify this thing. Um, we have a job, which is to present ourselves in ways that are understandable and uh, uh, consumable by others, instead of uh, getting up on our high horse and talking about it in a way that other people can't understand. And she just hit such a home run. And oh it my was God, so yes. great. It was so great. I'm sending love to that woman, whoever she is. I'm going to find you and hug you. Yeah, now, all, the only thing is, though, she charged us like... $30 for an apple or something. Well, it's not her. It it's Jeff Bezos. Yeah, I know. Um, do you want to talk about Parent Test? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, we're still on the show, and, yeah. and we might as well. Um, uh, the, the show will be coming to an end relatively soon, I guess. Yes, and but I, I do want to talk about our melting faces, because I don't know if you guys noticed that um, I think it's not only us, but all the cast and the hosts are like, we seems like we're, we're sweating. Yeah, it's a sweaty like, show. Uh, I mean, I have like these oily faces to begin <laughs> with. Like I can make a menorah light up for eight days just for my face. <laughs> Um, but you know, let's not. I, I, let's I mean, I, I, I look at us, and, and first of all, like we we look like this. I don't even know. I don't fat fucks. I mean, I you know, mean, they, certainly I feel that way. You know, the camera adds five pounds. How many cameras were there? That's not our joke. <laughs> that comes that comes from where? From friends. From it's friends. a it's a good joke. Uh, but it's, yeah, like I, I, I keep looking. At us, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, it's not <laughs> good. This is not not flattering at all. Like let let's say that uh, this show has been, um, 
you know, if we, if we not wanna, amazing, not <laughs> amazing for my ego. Yes, that's correct. That's true. Um, uh, I'm surprised that people still recognize. But can we history. can we stop talking about how we were shiny and how we're great and how blah 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 and talk about the actual episode itself because this was an episode. Another one. I mean, we we talked a lot about you know keeping your children safe and the fear of sending your children out into the world and you know it's funny. I, I don't know how that works. Uh, my mom, you know, I have, a, I have a, a worrying mother and my mother has been telling me since I was, uh, you know, first alone in the world, you know, at the age of whatever, 18, um, honey, be careful, be careful. And I'm always like, well, but what does that mean? And now I, I find children. that it has no meaning. We're telling them to be careful, but we're not entirely sure what that means. And then, you know, there's a God forbid horrible, there's some shooting somewhere. And my mother calls me from 10,000 miles away and she says, honey, you have to protect your children. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, uh, okay, so does that mean I don't take them to the supermarket where there have been shootings? Does that mean I don't let them go to school where... You know, there have been shootings. Like, what what, what does it mean to protect your children? Obviously, there are crazy things you can do that are extremely dangerous. But put those things aside. You know, yes, I'm not taking my children skydiving. That, that will not be happening anytime soon. But I don't really know what it means to to be careful and uh it makes it incredibly stressful because you're saying oh my god i have to protect my children and then you don't know what that means next time on daddy squared it's the 100th episode alex fanfare oh my god can you believe that yeah it's amazing oh my god like so we're going to talk about uh, gay dad stereotypes and the reason why i'm saying that is that i ran uh i read a horrible article this week about gay men who uh, are looking for a baby yeah i think it's all made up i'm i, I don't even know i, I don't even want to say where i read it but it's like all written in a way that okay let's make a designer baby and you know uh pay for some poor woman to give us her child and whatever so like so it's a, like Totally, totally ignorant uh, article about surrogacy. Then trying to be funny for people who hate gays okay. and um, and think they know better about uh, what the whole process is, without really looking and understanding what that is. And I, I just, it's just such a big misconception that is it's outraging to me. Mm. It's just well, I, I mean, the internet must be just jam packed with that crap. I do want to say that if we were able to um, design our babies and we wanted to do that, there is one thing that I would do. What? In, in, in DNA. I would want my children to be born with like little grippers, like suckers, like, a, like an octopus on their fingers so that they could learn to pick things up without dropping them and spilling them. Can you imagine how amazing it would be? I mean, because it's still... It's, they they're still seven years old and yeah. you give them a glass and you're like, why don't you shatter this on the floor? Because that's what's going to end up happening. Little grippers. Think about it. All right, grippers, we're going to see you next time. Um, so uh, don't forget to write to us at hello at daddysqr.com. And whatever, we'd love to hear from you. Always. I, we've been getting so many messages and emails about the things that we talk about on the show. And it's just... I. I, I cannot even begin to tell you how much it means to me personally, yeah. a person who is um, has so much uh, insecurities. And I just want to say thank you. 
I also want to thank Josh, Joshua, TJ, and Lance, the dads that were uh, with us today. I don't know how old uh, our listeners are, and many of them are not American, but if you are of a certain age and you're from America, you will remember the Anjali ads. She comes in the door of her house at the end of the day uh, wearing like a business outfit, and she sings, <clears throat> I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan. And never, never let you forget you're a man. Oh, God, that was terrible. But in any case, maybe we'll put the link to the YouTube video, and <laughs> it's fantastic. And if you are a gay man who can bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan and never let your partner forget he's a man, good for you. All right, see you next time on Daddy Squared. Bye. Oh, bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>